Hello, church. This is Marnie with Maxim and Marnie. Maxim means truth, and it's just a way to say we want to get to people's truth and their story. Today we have the church council president. Ooh. Alan Jacobs. Is that what you're called? No, Alan no, no. Jacobs. Technically, church. I'm, I'm the president. Oh, sorry. Pastor Brian's the president. Church council chair. Chair. Ha! The crowd goes wild. Hi, Alan. Hi. Um, Alan, I, Pastor Ryan specifically didn't tell me anything about you because I do this better when I don't know anything. But great, I do great. actually, I think, know where you were born. You do, yes, because you, um, I was born you, li- in the you lived same for a while place. near me and, and, uh, your father's voice was on the airwaves. That's I right, think, WLPO. In, hometown, so. in LaSalle, Peru. LaSalle, Peru, yep. I grew up in Peru, Illinois. And that tiny, tiny, tiny. I, I mean, it's pretty small. I say it's a small town, but like, well, I know Brian comes from a lot smaller town than I do, but yeah, I don't know what proves like how 10, many high schools, 10,000 people. My high school, no, how many high schools? One, yeah, that's a small town, I think, if it's yeah, one high yeah. school, but but even that number right there, 10,000 people, is 10,000 10 10 times bigger than where I grew up. Yeah, that's really tiny. right, right. <laughs> Now, the weird thing is there's like 350 people in my graduating class from high school, but it's at the time it was like 25 schools that came into that, and some of them were so far away. Some of them were like 20 miles away from the high school. So like, Because you're drawing from a super just like rural, a rural area. area. you know. Did you grow up on a farm? No, no. So my dad was a pastor, and I grew up in a parsonage. So the church owned the house? They owned the house, and the house was... It was a very large block uh, in a subdivision, and it was the church and the house. You lived right next door? Yep. And your dad was a pastor at this church for how long? So I was four when, I think, about four when we moved there to Peru, and then when I was in college, a sophomore in college, so I was probably, what, 20-ish, they moved away. So he pastored at the church for, like, Someone do the math, 20 years. Yeah, yeah, 16 or so, yeah. That's a really long time. Or no, yep. what denomination was it? ELCA. Is that unusual or for a small town that's super common? I don't know. I think it's uh, I think it's common for, for pastors probably in smaller towns to stay there for maybe even their whole career. I don't know. Yeah, I think, it, I think it's common to, like churches want stability. And so once pastors hit a certain age they would you would want to uh stay you don't want to just up and move your family so you heard him say 16 20 years that's a really long time yeah yeah buckle up because i've already been here eight years and and mandy's like we got to stay until the baby is 18 i agree with mandy i concur Right. Right, right um so how many kids were in your family so i am the youngest of three i have a brother who's four years older than i am Brian, and then my sister's two years older than I am, Laura. And do you like them? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> no, I get along with my um, with my family well, you know. And so, when they left LaSalle, Peru, where did your parents go? I'm sorry. Uh, what was your that? dad left LaSalle, Peru. Where did he go? Uh, so he moved to like north of Dayton, Ohio. He had a church that was in Dayton, and he like wanted a new challenge. And went to this uh, church. So that's southwest Ohio where they moved to. My dad, like, is from Ohio when he was a kid. So he always wanted to get back there. 
obviously I was in, in college. Um, so yeah, he went on a new challenge and he went to this church that was kind of in a, um, a neighborhood that was a lot has changed since it had started, you know, that was in a very urban area. And, um, so it was interesting. He actually, when he retired, he retired from that church and that church like dissolved. Oh, like at that time so it was but he had walked them through that there was kind of a split in the church to my understanding um with the previous pastor something happened and a lot you know the the church kind of split in half and a lot of people left obviously and um he walked with them through the last i don't know eight years or ten years it could have been 12 i don't really know i guess i'd have to do the math but he walked them through that process and uh I think like a small contingent of people, maybe like 25 or 30, like technically kept the church and like went, did something. I don't know where they met in someone's house. I don't know, but hmm. it was interesting. Um, tell me about being a pastor's kid. Cause I feel like there's a lot of stereotypes or um, things I'm concluding. There is. I, I, uh, it was kind of funny cause I think my, my dad being a pastor, always felt like it's got to be really hard to be a pastor's kid and he he's like I'm I'm sorry I'm a pastor almost you know and I didn't really feel that growing up um that it was hard to be a pastor's kid uh I didn't really understand why he felt that way I thought that you know life was life I just it's just what I knew and you know as I matured I guess I realized eyes look at you maybe a little different you know maybe expectations are a little different of course but I I think I I had like a a relatively normal childhood it wasn't like I was treated necessarily too much different I think the biggest thing where I grew up is very strong like Catholic uh, area so like a lot of people didn't understand how the priest could be married and have a family your peers Yes. They were like, well, wait, how's your yeah. dad do what I know that they do? And now he has a kid. Yeah. So that was, I always had to explain that, I remember. And um, how many people went to your church? Like, was it a big church or a small church? I think, well, we were the only Lutheran church in like a huge area. So I don't know, like 500 people a weekend or something. So over, a lot. So over like three services. I think it was. I think it was a pretty good size. I think he had grown it to that, too. It was a little bit smaller. My father had overseen some things. And I think uh, having a younger family, of course, helped. But uh, the youth side had grown, things like that. What was your favorite thing about growing up in the church? So I enjoyed... um, Well, a lot of things when you're growing up, I feel like you don't appreciate till later. In life you know what I mean and as a kid the one thing I loved about it um, as being a child was that we had a huge yard so we would play football because we had so much space we could like play full-out football games we made like a three hole golf course around the church oh, um, I love that. that was that was fun um, a couple stories with that but Either way, and just things like Through that. Through the stained we had, like, glass. That's all I'm picturing when you say that is the ball into the stained glass. 
Yes. Yes. Okay. Okay. Is yeah. this a confession that hasn't happened? Right? So this is. Did, you, did I ever tell you the story, Brian? <laughs> oh, I know the story. Okay, say it. So I mean, so this <laughs> it's is kind one of, of my funny. favorite stories about. So we were playing golf. It was my brother and his friend and me, and of course, her older. So, uh, you know, as a kid, you you have no idea how to play golf. So anyhow, my brother's friend gets a hold of one and goes through a stained glass window. And I'm an engineer by by my education and stuff, so I have that type of brain. So we're like, oh no, we just broke the stained glass window. And my brother's freaking out and his friend's like, what are we gonna do? And I'm like, listen, this is gonna sound really bad, especially for animal lovers, so I apologize. Yeah, sorry but, to PETA. Uh, right sorry now. to PETA right now, but we, we had a pellet gun because we had a garden and other things, you know, and rabbits are nuisances. Let's, let's just be honest about mm-hmm, it. Mm-hmm. They eat your food and stuff. So I'm like, we gotta take the pellet gun. We have to sacrifice a bird. For our, for our sake, so we did. Wait, wait, wait! Get so, keep going. So we sacrificed this bird. We 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 shot this bird with the pelican, and then we positioned the bird at the at the bottom of the stained glass window. Oh, like it was the yes. bird's fault. Yes. Like I was like, how it. are we sacrificing the bird? So, oh, so like then, the bird so then broke my dad the sting. You were like the darndest. So thing. so my dad came home from church and he's like, darndest thing this this bird. Flew in the stained glass window at church. And it broke it. And broke it. Jeez, like, that's that's stinks. And um Yeah, and like twelve years later when he was with his brother and we were like at a lake house, you know, so I was I was older in life, I and they were probably enjoying a few drinks or something. I had told I, I confessed my sins. Yes. Um our sins, I should say. Which they loved it at that point. Good. I thought it was hilarious. But yeah, we, we were uh, spared based on this bird's life. We were, uh, you know, the sacrifice this bird took for our well-being. Was, I, that's pretty yeah. funny. So that's just, We do not support or endorse. No, that's no we don't. Hard. And I don't either. And like growing up, I'm like, that's probably not right. But <laughs> you're kids. What else did you do that was naughty? Because <laughs> um, that's a good one. I thought it was pretty decent, but that's the kind of stuff when I was a kid that I loved. Like we had this huge yard and everything like that. So, no, I don't know. Yeah, there is the stigma that pastors' kids are like a little on the wild side. Well, no, you know what I was thinking when you said, I don't know, it's just how I grew up. I was thinking like you're the baby, Mm -hmm. so you are typically like you want to be an entertainer, right? And so to me, you're like I'm kind of a celebrity. I'm this guy's kid, oh. and maybe you weren't aware of it, but everybody knew your name. You walked everywhere, like they people did, would yeah. greet you, and oh, yeah, let Alan come play, right? Or did was it not? Because that's what so, I'm thinking. Like that's probably why you loved it. No, I I don't know. I mean, I I I don't think I felt that too much. I had a friend that was a really good friend of mine, and still is. Um, and since early childhood, we were like always together and stuff like that. So, and we had. You know, we were social, and I was in a lot of social circles, I guess, in the sense. But we were always like a tandem. So I never felt like it was about me, I guess. Does that make sense? Huh. But, no, there was, I mean, we would, in like high school, you know, we'd have like some party or something. I remember we'd like go into church because it was in my backyard and <laughs> mess around and like with the PA system or something sure. like that and just goof around and probably not approved by the uh, elders in the church, but... They never knew, so it was a good time. Yeah, you covered your tracks. So in high school, what did you do? Um, 
like as far as who like, were you? Yeah, what were what, what so, would people say so, about so, you? So, like like I said, I used to play football in our yard growing up. So I actually um, injured my my knees playing football at my house. Sure. To the point where I had to get them operated on, but not they wouldn't do it till I was older. So they like I had one one of the freshmen in high school and one a little bit later. So I didn't really play sports because. Once that was done, I was like, I'm not, I guess I'll run track or something. You know, I'm kind of behind on this sports thing because I hadn't been playing them for as a freshman, and I was I was like slower than like the discus throwers, and you know, I'm like, <laughs> this isn't my thing. So, um, I don't know. I just I just studied. I I did high school in three and a half years. I graduated early. How'd you do that? I don't know that I ever knew that about you. What do you mean? Like you were but, done at Christmas? Because why? Because if you, because uh, I could be, I guess. I didn't take study halls But and don't stuff. you have to take four years of English? You're going to go into way too much detail about the curriculum that I can't answer about that. So <laughs> No, but I'm just saying, I just like, know that, like, I know other kids do that. There was an early graduation But I don't option. really get why. What if he's why? like, I never learned how to read? Well, <laughs> he's an engineer, so we already know he's smart. No. So you just were really smart. Well, I also never took study halls. Yeah, that's a bad decision. So, like... Yeah, it probably was. I don't know, because um, they were probably fun. But uh, but school was easy. Yeah, I so I'm the type of person that I can catch on to things easily, um, concepts and those things like that. So I didn't. Yes, like the school work, doing the work and stuff like that was kind of easy, um, easier for me and like. I kind of need to be challenged to keep my interest in that regard. So I'm not trying to be like braggadocious or anything like that. So You're not braggadocious. These are I'm... facts. So what would you do for the whole semester before college that you had off? I hung drywall. and Made money. Made money. Yeah. Yeah. What yeah. do you get paid for hanging drywall? Ooh, probably like 15 bucks an hour. <laughs> you got 15 bucks an hour? What year was that? That's like a lot of money. Well, hanging drywall is like tough. Kind of I'm stinks. not trying to minimize it, but lots so of things know. are tough. Fifteen dollars yeah, over so it was, twenty it years was the ago. the owner of the company and me, and the guy that owned the company was was a friend of high in, in high school. It was his uncle, he was an ex Chippendales dancer. Pardon so. me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he was. He was. So when you say was, you hung drywall, you not just screwed it in, but like you mudded and taped. Yeah, we had to do everything. Like, so like you're good at that. Because I feel like that is a skill. You know, I never got too good at mudding. I hated it. Um, Like, I'll hang it all day long. But, yeah, so it was like me and him, and we'd go, this guy, Russ, and we'd go into usually, like, high-end homes is what he did most of and knock them out. And money, money, money. Yeah. And so how did you decide to go, I already know this part, Valpo. So how did you decide to go there? This like irritates, I think, my family, too, my mom at least a little bit. Um, growing up in a Lutheran house, you know, it's kind of like, oh, if when you guys go to college, you should consider a Lutheran school. And so my sister, being two years older, started doing a college visit thing. And when she was doing, I just went with her. Sure. Because the family had to go. That's right. Except my older brother didn't have to. So we went, and I knew I, I'm like a really decisive person. So I knew I was going to go to engineering. I don't know why. I, I probably didn't even really know what engineering was at that age. But I knew people were like, you're good at math and science. You need to go into engineering. Like, okay, sure. And 
so I followed her on her college trips, and then we went to Valparaiso. I remember um, she would do the stuff you do on college visits, and I kind of just walked around with my dad, and I remember we, like, talked to somebody from the college of engineering. I was like, I'm just going to go here. They have a good college of engineering. Done. And being so young, like a sophomore or freshman at the time, you know, I'm probably not paying attention to the cool things that you're supposed to pay attention to, like um, – you know, whatever. I'm in Northwest Indiana. Let's enough yeah, said. I'm not in. Field. I'm not in like beautiful Southern America, right? Yeah. But I'm like, oh, good engineering school, Lutheran school, checks the boxes. I'm done. And so, like, I only applied there. So that's where I went there. Yeah. Where did your older brother go? He did not go to college. What did he do? He graduated. He he could have for sure. He was he was a smart guy, but I don't know. He just graduated college, uh, high school and. I think he was working in a factory at the time or something, or he started working in a factory and he just, um, he just kind of did that, you know, in like smaller town, rural America. And, um, he, when I, when I was in high school still, so he was four years older than me. I don't even know. I guess my, my niece is like 19 now. So, at some point, he, um, him and his girlfriend got pregnant with my niece. So, like, I think that also changed the dynamic. So he had chosen not to go to school, and then he's doing his job, and he has a child. So, like, then you're kind of, now you have a family, and you have to support your family, obviously, and how, how are you going to do that? And so I think his options at that point uh, changed, of course, but... Uh, yeah, he just never went to college. He's doing good. He works down there now. At, uh... I, I have a picture of you from the other night that Julia. Yeah. What does he do? What this does is he Alan do now? with the long hair hold, uh, with his mom. Yeah, that's my niece, Madison. And then that's the niece. That's this is so much hair that's happening right now. Yeah, I feel awesome. like if you guys picture Alan, and I'm gonna say with Donny Osmond's hair is a <laughs> wig <laughs> in the '70s. Is that yeah, accurate? Yeah. It's a lot of hair. I feel like you should bring this back. I think I weighed like 165 pounds. Well, I don't know what that means. Yeah, I was like skinny. Oh, okay. Um, You were real skinny. Yeah, and Um, that's his mom, Moot. But so what does he do now? Because I feel like college kids or high school kids listen to this. So he works at a factory now uh, down in the Peru area. He still lives there. Happy? uh, Yeah, he's happy. He makes a good living for himself and... um, you know, he's like a shift lead and stuff like that. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah, yeah. So you went to Valparaiso, and what was college experience for you like? Um, college was co- college was great. I had a lot of fun, and let me see. What so, surprised you? Did you change? Did you come out different? I definitely. Well, I don't know. So, so let's just go back. I'll just put it on the table here because I know Brian's probably chomping, chomping at the bit for me to get into a little nope, bit of detail on this. But so when I was in high school and when I was in in uh, going through high school, I had a good time. Let's just say that. All right, and um, you know I had a lot of friends. I had friends that were football players and cheerleaders, and I had friends that were, you know, 
probably in the bathroom smoking. By the way, we had no bathroom doors in our high school. Did you guys have bathroom Like when doors? you yeah. went to the bathroom, like number two, the stall was there not was closed. There was no doors. Because you of, just sat. Because of, the, because of the smoking jail. problem of people smoking in the bathrooms, in the men's, in the boys' bathrooms. But this was like, like cigarettes. Yeah, yeah. We need to specify. Yeah. Well, I'm I sure don't feel people like... smoked other things there too. But anyhow, so we had a good time and I had a good time. But so I had friends from like every walk of life, you know what I mean? And, uh, and um, we had a good time in high school, and then I went to college and kind of, uh, you know, I was, I'm a social person, so I kept that up. We, I joined a fraternity in my freshman year, and or maybe it was, yeah, our freshman year. I you think. joined freshman. I, I can't remember. You couldn't rush your first semester. You had to be your second one, right? So um, joined a fraternity. I have really good friends from college that I'm still friends with. Um, to this day a large group of them but um so i had i had a good time like college to me was more of like what are we gonna do this weekend and then let's get our work done that's actually we're here for later agreed type you know which i i appreciate uh that approach i think because <laughs> it's all about maturing but mm-hmm. but again i like i didn't have to spend a lot of time studying so i was just i was i was just enjoying life because it was easy yeah, I didn't. I did. I didn't find it to be like too difficult. I was more enjoying my life. Yeah, and when did you fall in love with my wife? Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, uh, how many times have you been in love? Let's start I, there. I probably have only been in love with my wife. Okay. Honestly, Good. so that was after college. So talk, talk to me. But you, so. you the, the, let me just say, so it doesn't get passed over. You nailed it there. Where like, so I met Alan my first few days, few hours of school. Because uh, we lived in the same hallway. Two doors. Three doors. Two. Three doors down. Two? Three, doors, three doors down. Three doors down like the band. Just like the I, band. Yeah. And and so like um, we are very different people now. And he and his story with like his his wife and his kids. Like it, to me, I he's like dad of the year. So I love like Alan J now. Not that I didn't love him then. But yeah. Yeah, I was just I was in a different spot. You let it all out. You let yeah. you let it out. You left. You it in the partied fields. hard. It was left out in the fields of Valpo, and then and then he, he grew up. Well, I I feel like no, feel, you left it in the city too. Like we we yeah, grew up. Yeah, we did. We grew up. I matured. Like I feel honestly, like looking back on my life, I wish I was a little bit more uh, maybe mature, responsible at times, and. I just wasn't. I don't know why. I just enjoying myself, I guess. But I also feel like there's certain things that I feel like there's things I, I should have done. Like I kind of always envisioned like myself going to high school and like probably playing football and stuff because it's, it's my favorite sport, things like that, that that I kind of envisioned myself. And when that didn't happen because of just how life plays out and, um, you know, like being a PK, you asked me about that earlier. Like my dad was working every weekend. So like, so uh as the only pastor you know he was working saturdays and sundays and like that was the time normally when you'd spend with your dad and do things so so i was doing that more with my older brother and our friends and i don't know that i don't know that like i was pushed my parents were were very supportive but they also didn't like push me in directions as much as maybe i feel like looking back as a parent like if they would have, I think I would have been a little different. Does that make sense? You know what I mean? Tell me a regret. 
Because I think sometimes when people say like, I have no regrets. Well, I think so, that's like, such a lame thing re- to say. One of my regrets, regrets healthy. is not playing like sports in, in high school. And even though like but I had knees. a knee injury and I know that I, like I was told I couldn't, looking back, I'm like, I wonder if I push it more if I could have. If I was pushed more to that goal, because like I was still running around being a crazy kid, even with the like my knees all messed up. Like what would happen is my knees would lock up and I couldn't move them for a, yeah, a like while, you and then all of a sudden, like I go see the doctor to get it undone. But like I almost, you know, I, I almost wonder if it was like used as an excuse to just not do it. And I wish I had done it. So that's like one thing I definitely wish I had done. I do wish sometimes I wish that I focus more in college like i got pretty good grades in college um you're an engineer what are you talking yeah about? that is an interesting statement you're like super successful guy well because i don't know i think that if sometimes i'm like man if i would have really like focused what could i have really done what would you have done i have no idea like what if i would have like because engineers don't go past college well so you know you can go like get master's degrees or get like a phd i've always thought i should be a teacher Okay. So they make less money than what you do, I think. Right. So that's why I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> but like, I've always thought that. And really, what I see myself doing is like a college professor style, but I'd have to get a PhD for that. So I don't know. Could Ultimately, you do the thing where you go and teach, like at North Central College, and they call it, like, I'm going to say the wrong word, but like adjunct? Or what's the name of the right. people who go yeah, and talk, that? and you're He's like, I'm yeah. a, I'm a, I'm a, a master in life of being an engineer, and so I'm gonna come talk to your class about, like, like that. How to do it? So yeah, like it would just be in addition to what you do. That's actually what got me to apply to go work on my doctorate. Not that I wanted to do it, but our lawyer, both of us have the same lawyer. Um, he was like, why aren't you teaching at North Central? That, he's like, you'd be so awesome teaching about other religions. And so, like, finally I'm like, I don't know that I want to teach, but I want that degree. Like, so I agree, Alan. Why don't you just go teach an engineering course at North Central? Well, I don't know. So, like, I don't Wait, even know. By if... the way, we shouldn't talk about North Central like they just let anybody teach. <laughs> oh, I don't mean that. I just mean because it's our local place. Hey, I'm going to teach here because I live nearby. The vicinity. Okay. You're going to give me a job. That's yeah. what's going to happen. But you're a real smart guy. That's why they're going to give you well, the job. So, like, I don't think an engineering uh, class would be what I'd have to teach. I'd have to teach more like a business class. So what I do for work is is I was an engineer, and I did engineering and design work, and I did sales work, and now I manage, and I've managed for, like, seven, six or seven years. And do you so now miss I do. engineering? I don't miss that kind of – because, I, 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 again, I'm a social person, so I actually love managing people because – I love to work with people. Sounds like partying in college served you well here. Well, and that's where I'm saying when you look back and you're like, what do you wish you did? Like, oh, I wish I tried harder because then I could like, I don't know, get some master's degree or get whatever. And I'd be like, have some fancy job. But then it's like, where does God intervene and uh, guide our path? You know what I mean? And like, and I believe that wholeheartedly. So I, I think that I did some things that uh, I was kind of ruckus and, you know, enjoying life or whatever, um, probably partying too much and things like that. Um, I, I know I was, not kind of. I, I know for a fact I was. Got, got into a little bit of trouble with that. But, like, I feel like that was part of my searching in life and experiencing things in life because it's not about just what you learn in college, right? We all know that. It's not what, what courses you go to and um, – 
if you can, you know, do the calculations for concrete strength on a suspension bridge, like who cares about that ultimately, right? It's about taking knowledge like that and applying it and doing a job, but ultimately doing a job to provide for your family and your community, right? And so I think that that was like my journey and my path was I feel like I could have done better, but I feel like I didn't and almost intentionally like teach me lessons to get to where I am today. Well, I say bravo on that, sir. Pardon me. Sorry, that was like okay, that was really good. So I had to party to get here. No, I love it. Um, Talk to me about falling in love and go. So tell me about what falling in love. So um, yeah, so like I don't think I was ever really in love. I know I wasn't ever in love with like prior to meeting my wife. Part of it again was being like a really decisive person. I knew in high school. I'd go on dates or something like that, but I'm like, I'm not looking for a wife right now. And even in college, again, it's like, I'm not looking for a wife. I'm not trying to get married. That's not what I'm trying to do right now. Um, And then when I graduated, you know, you graduate college and it's that time where like, oh, I have to be an adult. And so I think that's like when my brain kind of flipped over to like, all right, now I have to like go to this next phase of my life. And so... Julie went to high school with one of my really good friends that was roommate in college. Brian knows him. His name's Matt. They went uh, to West Aurora. So she came down to a New Year's party when I lived in the city at our house. And that's where I met her. And I don't know. We just hit it off right away. Um, First, she was, was a smoke show. So Yes. Yes, exactly. Like, total smoke job. Total, like, too good for me. I can't talk to her type. Since it's on... Let's just let's just go. Let's just keep feeding. She that saved narrative. her life, man. Let's yeah, just admit did. it. No, my he, wife did. He, but he was heading down a hill, living in the city. Wait, 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 wait. So then, you graduate then, Valpo, you move in with some guys in the city, and you have a job engineering. Yes, in Downers Grove, measuring I'm in the city. I'm living like the concrete of the bridge. I don't know what you said earlier. Yeah, so I'm designing sprinkler systems, okay. fire sprinkler systems. Brett Lindbergh's ears just lit and up. I'm doing a. I'm doing a. Uh, I, I'm at a party, go figure, uh, at my own house for New but Year's. But at this point, you're still partying too much? No, no, no. No, I was working, just trying to like... give Julie credit and say Okay, okay. Yes, yes. At this point, you're like, I'm adulting, I'm appropriate. Well, I'm, I'm like 21-year-old, 22-year-old adulting in yeah, the city. Yeah, 22-year-old adulting you know, like, in the city, so not yes, really. Yes, I'm working, I'm making it to work every day. I'm responsible, <laughs> responsible during the week. <laughs> You know, I'm the responsible human low. being during the week, and then the weekends hit, and it's like, oh, we're a bunch of 20 year olds in the city That's of Chicago, right. you know, right. whatever. Let's, you know, <laughs> I go, like meet, your go, life. go meet all the other uh, college friends we have in the city and go hang out at the bar or whatever, right? But no, so I met Julie, and um, it was definitely like that weird awkwardness because, of course, I'm not like experienced in relationships. Well, and I'm an engineer, so I have that awkward social awkwardness i guess probably a little bit and i'm like so so julie's like she makes fun of it today because she's like how i I don't even remember how i got her number i'd have to like you'd have to ask her at some point but i think i like asked someone for her number i didn't ask her for her number you know and it was like weird um like messaging on I don't know, Facebook or whatever it was at the time. And, you know, I don't know. We went on a date at the Shedd Aquarium and then it just kind of. That was your first date with the fish. Yeah, with the fish at Aquarium. And two friends. She'll always make fun of this. So then I took my roommate at the time and another friend. Two, wait, two boys? 
Yeah, yeah. So Julie well, went out with three like, dudes. We just, I'm like, hey, I'm going to go on a date to Shed Aquarium with Julie. <laughs> and the guys were like, yeah, I've been wanting to go to Shed Aquarium too. And uh, for a while, so I was like, well, I'm driving there so you guys can come with us. They like didn't hang out with us once we got there. I just transported them there <laughs> and they did so their funny. own thing. But Julie acts, like Julie tells a story as if it was this group date. Yeah, of, that's right. You know what I mean? It, yeah. it really wasn't. I'm on Julie's side. She just makes fun of me for it, so I'll, I'll give her credit there. But no, she did. Julie's the responsible, like organized, type A, like balance that I think I always needed. That's so sweet. So how long did you date? Uh, before we got married or like five years. Five years yeah, before yeah. you proposed. Well, I was like 21 or 22. No I judgment. Know, no like, judgment. Did that sound know, like I judgment just, in my voice? Really had to, she, again. I think it's more and more common now for males to be, um, you know, 20, between 22 to 26, and for females to be uh, a little bit older, actually. So you dated for five years, and then you proposed. And what? how did you propose? At a Cubs game, seventh inning stretch. So they were playing the Houston Astros, and um, like I made up some like complete lie about how I got tickets from work or whatever. Her mom knew, um, you know. I did the formal thing and asked her dad and everything, but I think they loved me more than her, anyways, at that point in time. So um, no, there there was actually a joke. They did not love me more than her, but uh, there was kind of a joke in her family because I get along with my in laws really well, and always have. But I'm like the tech guy for the family. Yes. So there was a joke, a running joke that like if we broke up, Julie would have to leave because I know all the passwords. <laughs> so <laughs> so it, it was just so a joke. Cute. But like her mom knew I was going to do it. Um, so she was kind of in on it to like get her, convince her to like take the day off or whatever and go to the game with me. But last minute. But um but then, like, I had had friends and stuff in the area, like, that I had, I had told. So, like, we went to the game, and I did it, and then we all went out. Oh, that's really Did you know sweet. that multiple Valpo guys that um, were all fraternity brothers, Alan, myself, uh, Jim, Jim Klein, yeah, yeah. yeah. We, we all proposed at baseball games. That's really funny. A real yeah. trend. It's romantic. Yeah, I don't know why that is. No, it was just a cool thing for us to do, I guess. I think it was kind of, like, easier no, that's fun. Um, so what is something that has been hard in your life that you've learned from or grown from? Um, wow. I think, so like going back, going back, um, this uh, I've kind of touched on a little bit. So like I did party a lot. I did get into trouble uh, like for partying with, with the law, as they say. And uh just being like a stupid kid, I didn't do anything that, in my opinion, is like bad or egregious or anything. I didn't egregious, anything, mm, but like, word. Um, so I, I had kind of got in trouble, uh, probably a little bit too much, and to the point where, like, you know, I'd have to go to court or whatever it was, and I'd, you know, be on probation or something. And I think like that kind of stuff was, I probably didn't, I don't know if I didn't take it serious enough, but like that. I think that changed my life quite a bit. So, um, and just being like in places where I think I'm having fun and, ha you know, with people I know that are friends or whatever and going through those things, like, 
looking back, I wouldn't say they were hard because I was, you know, struggling, so to speak, but they just, I don't think they were right to necessarily do. But then again, on the, on the tail end of those, I think it was just part of my journey. So like, there's definitely times where I look back when I was in spots with people where like my, my life could have gone down a lot different path. You know what I mean? I'm very blessed in the sense that like I continue my path and I went to college. Right. And I didn't get in more trouble than I probably could have. You know what I mean? Um, like I was with some guys doing some stuff and then, you know, like whatever they leave. And then days later I go to school and where are they? It's like, they like, got in a car and drove it and stole a car or something. So now they have like a grand, you know what I mean? And we weren't doing that kind of stuff, but for whatever reason they went and did it. You know what I mean? I'm like, wait, you had friends that went and did that? Well, they were like acquaintances, but I was with them earlier. And you you could have. And it's like, what if I would have liked that night gone with those people? You know what I mean? Which you could have. Like what if, so it's the what if game, you know what I mean? So I don't like know that it was like, what's the hardest thing I had to learn from, but it, it, taught me a lot you know what i mean and uh i think i was just kind of being a stupid immature kid how did your parents parent you through that um well you know my parents have always supported me and you know love me for who i am so i don't think they they were really mad i would say that (laughs) like Did, was your mom, did she have her job while your dad was a pastor? Because so, you need to also know about his mom. So my mom got a job as a flight attendant for United Airlines when I was like a sophomore in high school. Oh, okay, okay, okay. So at that point of my life, like, she always wanted to do that. My mom wanted to do three things. Marry a pastor, be a nurse, be a flight attendant, or whatever she says. So she's done all three of those. Wait, and, and she was a nurse? She was a nurse before, like when they got married, and, and then, then she, she married was a, a pastor, stay-at-home mom. So then did that all, all my life. She was a stay-at-home mom, and then she went and became a flight attendant. Oh, what a woman! So when she did that, it was kind of like because my sister at that point, well, she I think she's a senior technically, but then she was in college, and my brother was like already out, right? So it's kind of just me and my dad, and of course he's working doing his thing. And he just consumed with that also. Not, um, and so I think I kind of got away with a lot more than I should mm-hmm, have. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, kind of unsupervised maybe a little bit. I'm much. just looking for advice. Like if my kids make a really bad choice, like a big oops. And like how did your parents well, love so you they, through they that? They supported me through it and they knew like I had done something dumb, you know. But like I think my dad just kind of talked that up to like immaturity and stuff. And it's like, well, you got in trouble for drinking or something, you know. And it's not... Um, like you were doing something that's harmful or, you Unkind. know, stealing a car or selling drugs or whatever that is. You know what I mean? I, I'm sure everybody has their own line of what's over the line. And I think he just thought I was just being a, a dumb kid. And so they were just like, well, you got to deal with it. Yeah. Handle and the consequences. so that's what I did. And I, I just took the consequences and dealt with it. And, and that was like, that's how it was. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, like, if they would have been a little bit more hard on me over it, like, I don't know how that would have gone. I don't know if I would have, like, reacted out. I mean, I could have seen that. I could have seen, like, a more, I could see, like, a more of a, because I was, like, a punk high school kid. I totally was a punk. Yeah. 
Yeah, but like you had to question and push and do all that to figure yeah, out. Yeah, I, I did, and then I think like so. Like looking back, I did that, and then in, in college, I had a good time and uh, and doing college, like studying and all that. I went uh, studied abroad. That was like that super... sounds funny because it sounds like you're from the 1950s and you studied a girl. No. <laughs> but you did. I studied abroad. It just sounds funny was, the way he said. No. It. Uh, studied in Germany first semester so i traveled all over europe and i did that with some really good friends um that's amazing through valparaiso like i would always encourage people to do that same that's what i always tell kids right. to because i didn't do it cultural experiences next to none but, yes um so I, in college i i wasn't as much of a punk and i matured of course and um i guess like when i graduated and then i met my wife and then i'm like what am i missing in life you know like you know, you're, you're, I feel like I was always looking for something a little bit. And then, like fishing. I used to go fishing all the time. My brother loves fishing, and I used to fish with him. And, and that was, like, something when I graduated. And I lived in the city. And, like, after I moved out of the city, I'm like, what do I, what don't I do that I love? Like, there's something missing. I'm like, oh, I need to, like, go fishing. And it was, like, life-changing for me to just be like, yes, this is great stuff. I don't do it anymore because I'm just busy and acting, looking for something. You know what I mean? And then I also started – um I started going to church, right? So, like, I would wake up on Sunday and go to church. And I'd go to these, like, we have a friend. His name's Brian. He's a Lutheran school teacher in, what, um, Oak Forest? No. Oak Park? No. I forget. River Forest. <laughs> River yeah. Forest, yeah. And uh, so, like, I'd go to his, the church that's related to his school, Lutheran school or whatever. And I'd do that. But I'd go to, like, other churches, too. Just kind of, it was, like, kind of random. And it was entertaining to, like, see different churches to a degree because I grew up in the church mm -hmm. and I think I started to realize like that was the missing component for me is is like I just took for granted that my spiritual life growing up because it was it's like we're going to church and that's just what we did and then when you get away from that especially in college even though I went to a Lutheran college um you know you're not forced to go to church you're not you're not like you're not feeding the spiritual side of you and it was weird I feel like in those my 20s younger 20s like I started realizing like I need this because it's what I'm used to almost like a creature of habit so uh like and I had I was dating Julie at the time you know what I mean and like I matured so much I feel like from like 22 to like probably even to 30 really but like you know the first five six years out of college like I really was like okay I need to like really be an adult but I think part of that was my spiritual journey and coming back to that need in my life so like so I went to church at this church one day that I'd never been to and Julie's grandma used to go to it and um I remember going and I always had to sit up front in church because the pulpit you know I had to be within the first like five rows PK. unwritten rule but I'm a pastor's kid so mm -hmm. that's where he said so like of course I sit up front and I'm like that looks like Brian and it was. <laughs> I didn't even know it was his church. <laughs> and I was like, "What? What are you doing here?" He's like, "I'm the pastor. I'm the assistant." I'm like, "Oh." It was like my second week of being a pastor. Oh my! Yeah, I didn't God. even know. I was, I was like, yeah. It was hilarious. That's yeah. really funny. Yeah. And then you ready? Um, one of the first <laughs> times I got called to the hospital to walk with someone as they were dying was Julie's grandma. Mm -hmm. oh. And and then Alex, who was a Mark, member there, St. Mark's, his last like, church. This is how scary it is. Like, so you're there, you're kind of shaking because you're a pastor, the first time doing this, you know. And 
Alan's mom, who, you know, she's there saying the words with me. Because she's been in the hospital. Because she's a pastor's wife who had been in the hospital that many times. She helped me. You see, like, how cool. Like, why were Alan and I friends at 18? And then all this thing, like, this happened. That's really beautiful, And that was 12 years ago. Like, if you don't think there's, like, divine intervention in all of that, then I don't. It was, like, it's a path for me. Like I said, I don't. I, I don't like to publicize it necessarily, but like, yeah, I was in some places thinking I was having fun, but they were probably bad places to be and dark places to be. And some bad things came out of them for people not named Alan um, at times. And like looking back, it was like, I was really kind of, it was really dumb about that kind of stuff. But I went through that and then I went through that gap of like looking for something. And then I realized like, this is, this is what it is. It's I'm missing my spiritual side of my like my life. And and then like for that to come full circle where my wife grew up Catholic and her mom is a devout Catholic. Uh she's a beautiful person, like very devout in her faith and everything like that. And my wife grew up in that and you know how like if you know people that went that went through the Catholic faith as kids, you know, it can be so to me so regimented like but rich with tradition. Yeah, rich with tradition. I'm not being critical of it at all. I'm just saying, like, it's not what, like, celebration is here. You know what I mean? Which is, you know, I'm sure that some Catholic churches are. But, like, it's not that. It's just the traditional liturgy and things like that. And um, I think they can kind of get weighed down with that. And so, like, Julie, I'm going to her grandma's church because her dad was raised Lutheran and stuff. And then I'm like, oh, my friend Brian is a is the pastor there and her whole family is like what yeah and um <laughs> it's it's blocks away from her house and so then like she ended up she'd come to church with me you know and we like we were getting we i think we might have been engaged at that point too so like yeah you were engaged so we uh she'd come to church with me then and she had been there before because it was her grandma's church and like she got to know mandy and of course they're like really good friends now and i feel like started small groups together like brewing questions where we'd be at the like and that group grew and we judged people who had kids because none of us had kids and we were just we're like no one with babies is allowed to be here because they changed the topics right 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 (laughs) right right no it was great it was a fun group really brewing questions was a really fun group but like so not just me coming back to the church but she i feel like um she got engaged in the church. She is now, like you, you know, uh, you see her. So, like, involved, engaged, not like you proposed at the Cubs game. Remember? Yes, yes. Sorry, involved. Yeah. So, like, I, I mean, I think that that's great. Like, looking again, you know, you don't know these things until you look back on your life. And to me, I'm like, this is all really important. And now I'm like, for some reason, the the chair of council here and, <laughs> and I was like why am I the chair of council here but um I I think it's a cool story and it's kind of my faith journey can yeah we, I love clear, it can we clear the air though that Alan is not the council chair because we were friends yes that should be that Alan should be is so here's why I'm the chair of council go I'll tell you why I'm chair of council because um we're because the pandemic starts and I'm like Brian why aren't we doing this? Why are we like so shut down? 
this is ridiculous. And with construction, we were, I hate the term, an essential business, but um, there's 20 people in my office in Chicago, but there's 60 people in the field that are hourly union employees. And if they're not working, they're not getting paid. And they were allowed to work. So I don't even know. I don't know the ins and outs of this, but like to me as their manager of all of this, I'm like, I don't think they can go on unemployment because they have an opportunity to work. Because we're like, no, I have work for you, so you need to work. Uh, I have a bunch of work. <laughs> we, need to, we need to get the work done. And so I don't even know if they would qualify for unemployment and stuff if they're like, I'm, I'm not comfortable working with COVID. Of course, you know, it was what it was. But I'm like, so I'm, we're open for business and we're, we're just proceeding. We had to. There was my company, my business did not have an option to not do that. Like work from home is like a ridiculous concept to us. Like we do it if the cable guy's coming, but like you don't work. You work in our office. That's what you do, and or, and in the field to get the construction work done. So like, I'm like Brian. Why aren't we in person yet? Why aren't we? Doing this, this is nine months, ten months into the pandemic. Yeah, when. You know, like even Mandy was back at school. Like, there, so it wasn't like the total shutdown. Right. It but, wasn't early on. It was church, after a while. Church was online, and there were a lot of feelings of like, what? What is the plan? So, so that that's when Brian's like, you need to put your money where your mouth is. There's a spot on council. Go on council. Show you know, why don't why don't you, you know, help us open the church up if you think we should be open, you know, and. Like, fine, I will be. <laughs> fine, I'll do that. Well, I think you've been a so great and wise leader. Um, well, thank you for that. What is your dream for the church? Well, my dream right now is is has changed a lot. Because when I started to, to go on council to help, quote unquote, reopen from COVID, that was the goal. And, uh, and we did that. And I think it was slow and took a while. But I think we kind of got more open than other churches, like quicker, which I I thought was great for seeing people back and seeing people be able to do that. But of course, didn't realize that uh, part of that was going to also be uh, uh, the senior pastor resigning, retiring, retiring, um, and then and Pastor Emily uh, moving on to another calling. Um, so things changed quite a bit. And uh, seeing Pastor Brian come in and, and be called to be senior pastor and just the amount of change going on right now is, to me, it's, it, I am like, I'm very excited about it because I'm always optimistic in life, just about everything. And I just get energized with that kind of stuff. And, and my dream, honestly, is just to see what I think all of our dream is, which is just to see our church as we've opened up, continue to open up, continue to open up more and like re-energize and re-vitalize uh, ministry areas of our church that whether it was COVID or even pre-COVID areas that just um, legacy members, I guess I could call them, or longtime members remember being more vibrant, you know, and really seeing us be like that beacon here in the middle of the community of like, if you want to go to like a great children's program in Naperville and have, you know, God and Jesus as a center of like your kids, like our saviors is a place to do that where your kids can go and 
little kids and junior high and high school and just be like that that to me because I, I have little kids of course so that's probably why it's a little bit more of my my dream is just to see that where it's like that's the place to go and look at like our facilities that we have that could be crawling with you know activity and and we have a beautiful like preschool program that's that's like second to none already in our community and it's just re-engaging people when I realized that faith was part of my life and I needed that fulfillment like I I honestly feel like so much of our world's walked away from it and that's really what's missing too I feel like if people can get engaged and active in church like I feel like there's so many people who would be like this is what we were missing you know what I mean and this is why we've been so stressed out and anxious and like we've been missing this key component and and we all know what that is 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 it's jesus in our lives so like that's my dream is just to like see this church come back and grow and but not grow in like we're gonna call two pastors uh associate pastors like you know we'll add staff like that's that growth is great but like i want it to grow to the point where it's like talked about in the community is like a place where it's not a Lutheran church as much as it's a great place where you can get fulfillment for your whole family and people come here. So that's, that's like my big dream. Love it. But also just to see these people who've been here forever, who've been starving for it as members pre COVID or even now who've like are starting to come into our community who just want engagement with something like, um, you know, and that's, I'm not like pandering. To the audience i know that that's our two call committees is like youth and, and engagement but like it, those are the like they're such centers of of energy so i i, I don't know and, and i and i'm like i couldn't be more proud of my friend that i've known since i was 18 to to be senior pastor and like working his tail off to do this too and like he has such big dreams and, and he has for years. I've known that even before he was a pastor at this church. And like, um, so, you know, there's a, there's an element of pride and excitement for him and his family. And, um, so it all just ties together. I, I just, I think it's really exciting and, uh, we have a lot of work, but like we we'll get there. I think, I think, I know we'll get there. Oh, Alan. So, that's so lovely. Yeah. So sorry. That was like a long, <laughs> no, it wasn't. It was a that, perfect, but, it was oh, yeah, a it that's... was a perfect. Um, I feel like that's a perfect sum up. I don't know what to add to that. Just, uh, a good yeah. state of being. Alan, this is fun getting to know you. Yeah, absolutely. It was it was fun to talk and obviously get to know you and your family and your your husband as I've worked with him over the last couple of years as as as, uh, as as our vice chair too and it's great such great people in our church and our community. So I agree. I agree. Well, thanks for being here, Alan, and thanks for uh, leading, being our fearless leader. Oh, I'm yeah, I, I'm humbled to do it, honestly, and uh, and uh, it's it's really like it's a weird experience to be asked to do that, and um, it's definitely a two way street. You know, when you do something and you think you're giving yourself to um, to to God in a way and serving, like it comes right back at you, and like I see personal development and professional development with me by just having the experience of, of even uh, being on council and being chair. So it's it's a definitely a two-way street. That's awesome. Well said, sir. 
Thanks. Thank All right. Well, thanks, everybody. We'll talk soon. See you soon. Okay. Right. Bye. bye.